Everybody. Welcome to Garage Talk. I'm Conrad. Let's go. I'm Ted. It's time to rock and roll. Hey, Ted. Today in the garage, we have Mrs. Cinewall football varsity coach, Kyle Buresh. How are we doing, Kyle? Doing great. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks for coming, man. Uh, I hope we're not uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're you're in the off-season. No, we just uh, I actually just left our uh, off-season strength conditioning and works out perfect time, so... I appreciate what you guys are doing, and it's been a fun time to reflect and then also just continue to build as we head towards next year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, tell our listeners, you know, a little bit about Kyle Baresh, where where you're from, your family. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start from the beginning. Um, I'm one of six kids. I'm the fourth of six and uh, was, was born in Nebraska, and then we moved to LaPorte, Indiana before... Right before I started kindergarten. So I've done all my schooling and pretty much lived in Indiana the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up, played um, football, basketball, and baseball at LaPorte High School. Um, didn't play all four years, all those sports, but always played football. Um, my senior year of high school, football, we went to semi-state and lost to Carmel back when there was only five classes. Um, was a captain on that team. And then after high school, I went to Franklin College and played football there. Um, played for an awesome head football coach in Mike Leonard. I was able to get an awesome degree, had a blast, really enjoyed it, and was able to be a part of three conference championships there. And uh, my sophomore year, we made it to the Elite Eight in the Division Three playoffs. So was a part of a really good football program, learned a lot from some phenomenal coaches, had some awesome teammates, guys I still talk to today. Awesome. And, you know, I think that – that was where I knew pretty early on that I was going to teach and coach. Um, my dad always jokes around that uh, I was coaching everybody up when I was a kid, telling everybody <laughs> yeah. what to do. He kind of knew that, yeah. kind of knew that I was going to probably follow that, follow that career path. Uh, and I always thought it was going to be at the high school level immediately. And so, you know, I went to get an education degree, and I got my social studies education degree from Franklin. But then my junior year, I started just kind of feel the the urge to maybe want to get into the college game. And it didn't really click until my senior year of college. I got hurt, like the, one of the last full padded practices before our season started. And during that time, we would split up. We had enough to split up our older guys and our younger guys during practices. And... I, I always joke around with one of our coaches that was uh, one of our college coaches. We had an intern that he was brand new. He didn't know our defense very well, and I was playing safety uh, in college. And I asked him, I go, hey, can I go coach those young guys because I know they're not, they're not getting everything that they need. And so I went down there, and I kind of just took over um, with those young guys when I was a senior. I was tired of just watching the, the varsity guys. I wanted to do something and mm-hmm. was going to be out for – I was supposed to be out for about two months, and yeah. I wasn't letting that hold me back. So it was about three weeks. No. Um, and I could barely lift my arm my senior year. But um, those are the things that you do. You had to grab and a set. Absolutely. Of and, so, and, 
so I went down there and coached those guys up and then was just helping out in any way possible that I could until I got back. And after that, I, you know, I wanted to learn more about getting into, getting into the college coaching realm. And so my, we had a January term in college where it's, you know, one class that you take and it's usually not a difficult class, but I had already fulfilled all my requirements. So I asked, Hey, can I just intern in the office with you guys and help out with strength and conditioning and help out with recruiting and, they were more than happy to take any help they could get. So <laughs> that was a good experience. And then I student taught and after I helped out with spring football, coaching that. So I had some stuff on my resume to help me get some graduate assistant opportunities or at least apply for them. And so going out, I, I started my um, master's degree and started coaching really a week after I graduated college at, at the college level wow. um, at Midland University. And I was still kind of at making the decision in that process was was interesting too because I had some high school interviews and some college interviews and um, the college interview or the high school interview that I would have accepted would have been at Cathedral High School wow as their JV coach and then um, helping out with you know all their varsity stuff as well but I knew that if I didn't get into this now that I was going to regret it and yeah. so. I was able to start my master's degree a week after I graduated college, uh, get rolling with that, and was a graduate assistant at Midland University for two years, and then uh, was there for another year as their offensive coordinator for a third year. But I was <laughs> I was doing it all. I yeah. I ran a dorm that year. <laughs> oh, I ran man. intramurals that year. I ran our FCA at the college that year, and then I was. Um, running our offense so really you weaved your own opportunity it was a um, it was a busy life yeah Um, i'm sure and i was maybe getting four hours of sleep a night uh and so i decided after that that hey you know i think there's a i i I can't do this much longer than you know another year so i was looking for some opportunities and a connection from franklin college um, was at wheaton college and I was able to get hired on there and coach the receivers there for two years and was fortunate to be a part of uh, two playoff teams. And we had two losses in the second round of the playoffs in the two years I was there. So really fortunate to be a part of a phenomenal football program and awesome community environment, great, great college, really enjoyed my time there. Um, after that, I went to Dakota Westland, which is out in uh, – out in South Dakota. Oh boy! Yeah, so I was out there for two years as a quarterbacks receiver, or quarterbacks and wide receivers coach, and then our pass game coordinator, and had a couple of phenomenal players that we were able to lead the NAIA. We were about top three, top five in every offensive category out there, and really enjoyed it. it was our academic coordinator. We had a lot of success. We were top three in the country, I think, in GPA as well. So our kids did a good job in the classroom, but also on the field there. And then following that, I went to Indiana Wesleyan for the startup their first year. And Mm -hmm. that was an awesome opportunity for Coach Langs. And I worked with Coach Langs and Coach Terrazas at Wheaton. Really? For for two years. So Mm -hmm. worked with those guys, and that's kind of how that opportunity came about. Uh So – um, as you talk and you see all these things on TV about the connections and the networking, well, a lot of it's just people that you've worked with or uh-huh. people that you know have worked with this person or that person. 
um, that's how you get that's how you get those opportunities. Right. And so was fortunate to be with those guys for a year, and then um, went to Denison University out in Granville, Ohio, for a season. I had just gotten married and was living about two and a half hours away from my wife. Oh, man. And, you know, sleeping in the office a couple, <laughs> four nights a week. And it just wasn't a good um, – it wasn't a great setup family-wise. wasn't long – longevity-wise wasn't going to work out. Um, there were some factors involved that, yeah. you know, we thought we were, it was going to work out, and it didn't. And then um, really the opportunity here at Mississippi um, kind of started with – I started to reach out to high school coaches when I was at Indiana Wesleyan just to, you know, start getting some feedback and learning more about it um, and had, had talked to a lot of different people. But just with family and um, kids and everything, I felt like it was time to kind of settle down and, you know, stay in one spot for a while. Let yep. kids grow up and, and do it that way. I didn't want to be yeah. the guy moving them around <laughs> all the time, um, just chasing me. Actually, it had started with reaching out to Kurt Funk, mm-hmm. the previous coach, and talking about um, going with him to Fishers. And, you know, he kind of put in my head of, well, why not, you know, interviewing at Mississippi while where I was at. Uh, he's like, Is it? he loved it, had a great experience, did a phenomenal job here, and um, was able to get an interview, and I was blown away by it. Uh, going into it, my my expectations were – unknowing really Mm -hmm. it was more of all right let's hear more about it was blown away by the administration the school board the support and made it to a second interview and then was offered the the opportunity to come here and have been extremely excited and blessed by this opportunity and i'm loving it well we're glad that yeah that, (laughs) that you got to to go through all those channels to get here, we have a lot of listeners from, you know, Madison Grant and Eastbrook. So they're probably not too happy about that. <laughs> you know, I think oh, it's just yeah. It's just cool the the avenues that, you know, God takes you in life and yeah. just trusting his his timing and his purpose for your life is, yeah. you know, the most important thing. I, I truly am I'm a huge believer in things happen for a reason. Like it, you just gotta be patient with it. I mean Things could be really bad now, but it sounds like, you know, you had a vision of turning a situation, you know, you getting hurt into an opportunity and, and, and like seizing that, you know, coaching desire that you had. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I think with, with all those experiences, there's so much that I've learned positive, negative, so many things that I've been able to take take from and also just so many phenomenal people that I've been Mm -hmm. able to work with and get to know and you know even you know a couple of those connections uh, that I talked about from my first job and from my third job uh, at Midland and then at South Dakota or at Dakota Wesleyan those those two guys worked for um, the head coach at Washington now really you know and so man even being able to go to the convention and go hang out with some of, you know, get to know some of those guys and talk football with them, uh-huh. even just being in a room and talking ball for 20 minutes, right. the amount that I'm just like, holy moly, that's genius, sir. I've never <laughs> thought of it like that. And just how much you're able to learn and experience. And also, you know, I've been able to live in Nebraska, Chicago, South Dakota, Ohio. I've been able to, you know, live life in some different areas with completely different um, 
ways of living, and that's been you know something that you can only do when you're young. And mm-hmm. that's what yeah. I, that's what yep. I tell our <clears throat> our guys a lot when they're graduating. It's hey, you can always come back here, mm-hmm. but if you have any desire to get away, do it now. Yep. Do it while you're young, um, you can always come back. But you want to experience life and experience life in in different areas as well. Yeah, see how everybody else lives. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's one thing I really admire about you because you know you, you're teaching these kids other things other than football. Yeah. I mean, I've seen it. These young kids at your youth camps and stuff. That you're amazing with them little kids too. Well, I, just, I appreciate that. It's, it's all uh, about having fun. It and, is, and that's and at the end of the day, this uh, football is a phenomenal game, and we spend as coaches we spend so much time on the X's and O's. But uh-huh. at the end of the day, you're developing you're developing young men that are going to go out mm-hmm. into the world. And what you want for them is to find something they're passionate about, yep. to go seize that, um, get into that career, to have them chase their best. And that's what they make fun of me for. But that's my, my main <laughs> thing. I want you to chase your best in everything that you do. Yes. And that's the classroom. That's socially, uh, everything that you do. I want you to be your best at mm-hmm. it. Um, and if you're not, well then, <clears throat> Why? You're, you're settling. Right. Don't settle. Uh-huh. There's so many opportunities for you out there. And, you know, I know a lot of our kids have tough circumstances or tough situations, but mm-hmm. don't let those define you. Right. Because at the end of the day, you get to define you mm-hmm. and you get to make those decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's like, you know, you, you were talking about NAIA. You know, I, I think this small college football is just as exciting as, as D1. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, yeah. it is Man. And I'm a junkie. I'm a football junkie. So yesterday, I'm a Steeler fan. So yesterday, okay, I've got a little pet peeve here, but the you know the CBS broadcast here is the Colts and the Texans. Right. Nobody wants to watch that game. <laughs> There's no playoff implications in this game. I'm trying to watch the Steelers and see if the yeah. Dolphins lose and if the, and if the Patriots lose. But um, so I didn't even tune into that game. I turned on ABC in the uh-huh. the FCS national championship yep. game with South Dakota State and North Dakota right. State just yep. because of um, you know some people I know there and some experiences that I've had. I mean, the, the head coach at SD, uh, South Dakota State would come down and talk with us, and we would go up there. I mean, right now I can walk in and go have a conversation with him, and he just won the you know yeah. the FCS national championship, and also just shows the the humility you uh-huh. know, of even so many of the really good coaches out there. And it's, it's such a cool brotherhood that, uh-huh. you know, that the coaching, the football coaching uh, world is. So looking back at everything now, what are the, the biggest differences that you see in uh, coaching college and now coaching high school? Well, I would say um, for our school and, um, in just kind of how our community is and the size of our school and the participation that we have. At the college level, you have those kids year-round. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. just football. Right. Um, where here, um, our kids, if they're not playing a minimum of two sports, we're, we're probably not in the best shape from an athletic standpoint. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing we preach to, to our guys is if, you're not, if it's the winter and you're not wrestling – or you're not playing basketball, well, you you better be in the weight room. Mm-hmm. And there's not very many kids in the weight room right now because they are wrestling and they are playing right. basketball. Mm-hmm. And then in the spring, you should be running track or playing baseball. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, then you're in the weight room. And right. even those kids that are run, are in sports, well, they're still in they're still in weights class with right. uh, 
with Coach Greentree, and yeah. he does an absolutely phenomenal job. We are so blessed to have him in our school corporation and it's, and doing it because he is he's the man. Uh, I've yeah, been, and I, I talk about the colleges I've been at, but he is as good, um, if not better, than anywhere I've been, and we. We don't know how good we have it. No, I, we, I walked in the first day, and I'm ready to, you know, make my mark on what we're doing strength conditioning-wise, and I see the the programming for the first week. And I'm like, all right, we're good. You got it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's uh, he's a huge blessing, and he's also kind of my right-hand man when it comes to, to football as well. So it's been a lot of fun to, to have that relationship. But yeah. with the building off of that, um, we need our kids playing multiple sports, right. and yeah. from the weight room perspective, we're not just we're not just lifting for football. We're we're lifting to develop them as athletes, mm-hmm. um, explosive right. athletes. It doesn't matter if you're a boy, girl. Doesn't matter. They, everybody is doing the same things to develop as an athlete in the high school in that high school age range, right? And even with middle school, you know, in the summer and having mm. those kids come over, we have some eighth grade classes as well in there, and, and they're doing a phenomenal job. And it's just it's definitely helping our kids when they stay disciplined and stay um, true to the process that right. we set for. Yeah, and he, he does well with the nutrition side of it too. Yeah, absolutely. And I know he puts guys, you know, he'll put specific kids on individualized plans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's hard at times for for each, you know, whatever a kid needs, if it's more or less. It's, right. yeah. It can be difficult um, even from a family perspective because you don't, you don't know exactly what they have, but mm-hmm. um, there's ways to, to yeah. get around that as well. My oldest, uh, she she's probably about 100, 105 pounds soaking wet. And in between on uh, this past summer, she put on seven pounds of muscle just eating what he told her to eat and going to the summer white building workouts. Yep. And I think the big the big thing there is just – Trusting the process and sticking to the process, because um, you can do anything and find results mm-hmm. if you just follow it the whole time. Yeah, it's when you want to take a shortcut or take a day off, and and that's hard for anyone to do. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. When that, the cheat day turns into a cheat week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's January 9th and how yeah. many people's uh, you know New Year's yeah. resolutions probably are out the door. You know? They're in the can. That, so, that's yeah. what I mean. That's, I had two questions there, and they've already answered. But the other one, I mean, <laughs> even more with that, those kids, we want our kids to be playing multiple sports, and we want them to be developing as athletes. And as you see more and more with injuries especially, yeah. you're seeing that when it's one kid specializing in one thing, it's doing uh-huh. that. They're doing it. That repetitive them. motion. Absolutely. Yep. And there's just so much strain on the muscle. I um, used to uh, – uh, handle all the handing out of uh, flyers in, in the rec organization here. And uh, I remember I had this big stack of soccer. And it, it it was like in the beginning stages, and I would hand it to a parent. And they said, save the paper. My kid's not going to play soccer. Uh, I tried to explain to them, you know, they they this is good conditioning for that next sport that you want them to you know, go real hard at, this is working on a different set of muscles. You know, this is now uh, where you're in baseball, hand-eye coordination is very key. This is 
eye-foot coordination, you know, trying to get them to see things in a different, from a different point of view. Yeah. Rather than just judging. Yeah, absolutely, especially when you're early. I mean, play them all, you know, test it out. And I think the, and we could talk all day about this, but the specialization from just at an early age and, Mm -hmm. you know, the age of travel, everything, um, it's, it's hurting a lot of kids because what the, the travel, some of the travel at the fifth grade or the sixth grade, what it's doing is it's cutting off some of the kids that down the road are actually the ones that grow mm-hmm. and yeah. they develop more athleticism with them and they're cutting those kids off before, you know, that maturity's over. We don't know, we don't know if the eight-year-old star or the 12-year-old star Mm-hmm. May not be the star mm-hmm. by their end of their senior year. <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen that many well, times. I, I, I say this all the time. And, I yep, was like five, 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 six in eighth grade, and I didn't grow another inch, man. And you just never know. And so yeah. the big thing for me with, I mean, and obviously football is a sport that you want as many kids out. You yeah. want every mm-hmm. kid out. There's a spot for every single kid on right. the team, no matter what. And they're all, every single one of them is going to help you mm-hmm. uh, when it comes time to a Friday night, it, it, whether they're playing or not. Because yeah. they help you out through the week with the scout team or mm-hmm. maybe they're a special team guy. But that's a really important role. Yes. And every single person can help you. And so – um, numbers are obviously a, a big thing for football that you want to have as many kids playing. Mm-hmm. We're going to find a spot for you. Yeah, um, there's going to be a role for you, and so that's that's a huge deal of me for me to just to make sure that hey, these kids are having fun. Mm-hmm. They're learning skills, they're developing, and they're learning the game. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, that those are the most important things for me from just growing up at a from a young age. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going to get more and more competitive the older you get but at the end of the day it's it's about the development yep even those guys that are on the sidelines they have a role that yep. they're they're steel uh, you know sharpened steel absolutely and so who are the guys those guys on the field go against yep absolutely and that's um you know i i talked to our i talked to our our jvrc team this year they lost one game at the end of the year and we had a bunch of guys banged up and it really wasn't the group that was out there the majority of the year, but that's the first time they played nine games, um, which is an awesome schedule mm-hmm. for for a C team. Yeah, but it was also great competition for us because they they pushed a lot of our guys. Mm-hmm. And yes, they're not they're not where those varsity guys right. are at. Some of them are close though, mm-hmm. um, but they're not there. Otherwise, they would be that varsity. Right. right. But they're pushing and they're working, and then that help propel them to have a great season and have a lot of success there. And so you can see that. And then when kids see the wins come with that, they realize, oh, well, that's mm-hmm. why I was doing that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's like, you know, going back to travel ball, you know, I've, I've seen so many kids, they get burnt out by the time they're in high school. They, yeah. they might not even play that sport. Mm-hmm. And you think about, hey, I'm going to play, I'm going to go play travel baseball or travel basketball, and we're going to play three games this weekend. Maybe... I'm getting ten, maybe ten shots a game. Mm-hmm. Well, you could have spent two hours in the gym and yeah. got a bunch of work up uh-huh. there. That um, even more work up. Now right. yeah. you need the competitive part of it. Mm-hmm. I know that and completely understand that. But there's a lot more uh, to it than than just playing games. Oh, definitely. You know, it's it's definitely. a lot of that. 
individual time that you're spending to hone your craft and get better at your craft. Yeah. Yeah. I got to ask you one something real quick, though. Who, who you got tonight? <laughs> my, uh, my head says Georgia. My heart says TCU. Now, yeah, is your heart saying TCU because you like an underdog? Because I love an underdog. I love an underdog, but I also, when I was at um, Dakota Wesleyan, I okay. was – we this was back in the day of where college programs would do what they called satellite camps. Mm-hmm. So they would go to a different campus and they would put on their camp there. And so this is when uh, Iowa State was doing it, and Matt Campbell was uh-huh. in early in his years. And it was they were doing it in Council Bluffs, Iowa, at Iowa Western Junior College campus. And I was down there working the camp with them, and I had. I can't remember what year it was, but I had this kid in my group named Max Duggan. And so I was working with Max Duggan at that camp, and he was a super polite kid. Like, I mean, he wasn't, wasn't very big, like, wasn't very strong, but, man, he had great technique, super polite, super coachable. You could kind of just tell he had the uh, the it factor back then. Yeah. And so ever since then, you know, I met his, his parents came up to me after the after it all, and so – uh, I've always kind of followed and pulled for him. That's pretty uh, neat. Since that's that cool. <laughs> that is. That's, but but now, are you thinking about running that TCU defense, the three five five? So we, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is a really funny question because we see a lot of that in our conference, uh-huh. and uh, we ran that my first year um, with uh, and Coach Stearns ran it. We did a really good job, but I just felt like our personnel was better going to a four man front, and so. We're actually in some stages of, you know, talking through a bunch of stuff. But um, it's good. We just see a completely different brand of football in yep. our, you know, in our league and in our tournament. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what the Indians put out in uh, in 2023. But there, there may be some shades here and there, but well, just depends. Like, like because I, I was going to mention that, I'm sure it depends on your personnel. But, and I think that's the that's, thing that, you know, to me that's the biggest thing with – anything coaching wise it's Mm -hmm. you man i can do it we can we can have the best offense the best defensive scheme wise in the world but if we don't have kids to do that Uh uh, we're doing them a disservice right so how can we put them in the best positions to be successful yeah that's good i can remember back in the day when i played you know we we had kids on the line that were 140 pounds yeah you're playing tackle (laughs) (laughs) it's about it's about players it's about personnel and it's about depth and there's a lot of different things to factor in. And then, hey, that, where does that guy play on defense? Mm-hmm. You know, what happens if he gets injured? Mm-hmm. And you got to think about all of that stuff in advance. And uh, it definitely takes a lot more time than what you think. Yeah. Well, I know, I know that some of uh, the players that are coming back next year, they, they have an they have awful good feeling about yeah. next season. I would say there's always there's yeah. always positives. Um, you know, for me every year it's okay. What pieces do we need to fill in here? What do, what are our strong pieces? Um, because you're and then the other part is just what I was talking about earlier. Who's going to develop here in yeah. the off season? Mm-hmm. Who's going to develop into the summer? Right. That's going to turn into somebody that we're like, man, this kid's playing really well. We need to get him on the field somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because um, you're always looking to develop those kids coming up that are going to replace the seniors leaving. Yep, absolutely. And that stuff, um, you know, we talk about and we see and we're, we we start putting bugs in kids' ears of, mm-hmm. hey, I see you being being able to play in this role, but this is what you got to know. This is how you this is how you have to play. This is what we need from you. 
and just make those expectations as clear as possible um, because that allows them to get there and work mm-hmm. towards it and helps them reach those goals. Now, speak, speaking of them younger kids, you know, you, you've got some involvement with the, with the feeder program, basically, because they want to run what you're running, the watered-down offense, correct? Yeah, I think, I think the middle school especially we've been really big with. Mm-hmm. Um, Cody Cowgill has done an excellent job yep. with our middle school program. Uh, he's been at he's been at everything in the summer mm-hmm. and that first year where it was kind of crazy that COVID year he yep. was still there and learning and um, was a sponge and now he's kind of all over the place from a teaching perspective but we're able to spend a little bit more time with him mm-hmm. and, um, but he's doing you know similar a lot of things that we're doing but mm-hmm. again um, you know he'll be like hey is this okay if we do this right and I'm like does it fit your personnel right mm-hmm. and absolutely yep. and so go with it because at the end of the day you got to be able to to play your player strengths Uh we want them to learn the basic terminology and those type of things that when they get to us they'll they'll understand that a little Mm -hmm. bit better and and i think that has gotten better um you know just the longer you're something you're out of place right the better those things get Mm -hmm. the more they understand uh what you're talking about when you're telling them to keep their leverage you know when Mm -hmm. you're telling them uh, to knife up field, all those you know, just little coaching cues, mm-hmm. they learn those, and those are different at you know different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Ted. Now that's let's let's talk community. I mean, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that really help our sports programs out. The oh. people don't see, isn't there? Absolutely. There's not enough credit, which a lot of people don't want no credit. And it's, but it's, you know, uh, I'm very impressed with the way some people really step up and, and help our athletic programs out. Yeah, without a doubt. There's, yeah, Ted's always been one of those guys. He's uh, taken it upon himself to mentor. Oh, yeah. And Ted's helped, yeah. Ted's helped that youth program, too. And <laughs> even in spots where, hey, I, yeah. I don't really know what, hey, we, first off, you need good people. Yeah. And good people drive everything. Yep. And when you have people with a heart for kids, um, that's special uh, because that's at the end of the day, it's not about who gets the credit mm-hmm. when, you know, when we win, the Indians win, right? Yep. If I don't win. The, uh-huh. the Indians win. Yep. The kids win. Yep. Cause they're the ones that put the work in. Uh-huh. I just came up with a plan and have an awesome group of assistants to help lead that through. But the kids are the ones that did all the work mm-hmm. and we want to make this, we want to make football. We want to make our school. We want to make every sport. They want mm-hmm. to make this an unbelievable experience for mm-hmm. our kids. Yeah. And to me, that is the most important part about it. And you can't do it. You can't do it on your own. No. You have to have good people and you have to communicate. You have to ask mm-hmm. for help. Um, you know, we have a phenomenal school corporation from Mrs. Winter to Mr. Quarter to Mrs. Resch to Chance Young with all that he does mm-hmm. um, behind the scenes that yep. no one has a clue about. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a phenomenal group of teachers. We're just really fortunate to be in the situation that we're in with a group of people that care for kids yeah. mm-hmm. and want to yeah. see kids have an awesome experience. And parents, you know, mm-hmm. Thursday night dinners. Our parents are there doing Thursday night dinners, cooking for our kids, and not only is that a time to eat and have mm-hmm. a great meal, which yeah, what high the fellowship kid, of the team? It's a camaraderie thing. Right, they're mm-hmm. able. It's a, a, it's an organized event for them to just hang out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a special thing in sports too. Is you do a lot of hard work and you go through a lot of hard things, that you also got to have some 
some time to just relax and mm-hmm. hang out and build that brotherhood and build that camaraderie. And you, you look at a lot of teams that are really successful and they have that camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. It is. And that's saying, you know, and I agree 100%. You know, from superintendent on down, I, we're blessed. We and, really are. And even just, you know, people in the community that help out, you mm-hmm. know, whether that's financially or whether that's with their time mm-hmm. or helping out in a- any way. Uh-huh. You know, I think that's a, that's a huge deal. I think we got a really good PA announcer, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I hope he can continue to hang on. Kirk does a phenomenal He job. does. Yeah. He really does. That's, I like listening to him. That's yeah. uh, He's got an iconic voice. Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah. So what do you look for in a student athlete when they come to, to try out for – Kyle Bresh's football team. Well, there's no tryouts for us. You come out, you're on the team. You're on the team. Sweet. Uh, I, w- I would say, number one, uh, it's just coachable. That yeah. is, to me, the most most important thing. I don't care what, what talent you have. Um, it takes zero talent to be coachable, to listen, to try and improve upon things. And to me, that's that's number one, someone yeah. that's, that's coachable, someone that wants to be there. Um, those things are big. And you're going to have kids that are less coachable or, you know, maybe they don't – they're there, but maybe they don't want to do everything that's required, but they want to be a part of the team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's okay too, mm-hmm. you know. Right. But they can learn to be coachable, Because they, right? can, they can learn to be coachable. Mm-hmm. And that's our job to help teach them what that, what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, if they're, um, you know, a, a skinny freshman coming in that, you know, weighs the – 105 yeah. pounds or whatever yeah. they weigh yeah. that doesn't have a clue at the time, well, that's our opportunity to teach them. Mm-hmm. And you talk about it being more than just about football. Well, here we go. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yep. It's about helping them learn because it's not. It's going to be the same thing when they go get a job someday. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the same thing when they enter the classroom. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to be teachable. They're going to have to be coachable. They're going to have to be able to – accept some constructive criticism. They're going to have to be able to get along with others mm-hmm. and work with others. Those things are, that's a timeless truth. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that that would be by far the number one. Just be coachable yeah. and look to improve. I always tell our, I tell our guys that I don't want you to make the same mistakes. Because mm-hmm. that, yeah. that shows me that you're not, you're not being coachable or you're not making the change mm-hmm. that you need to make, whether it's, getting into your stance, you know, being lazy in your stance, something as little as that. Those high school years are, you, you see a kid when they're a freshman, 14, 15, 16, and then by the time they're a senior and they're 18, and they went from 160 to 185 and shredded. Yeah. And they've got they've had a beard for that whole time. <laughs> yep. I, I've seen I've seen a kid that was a freshman, man. I was like, I still I'm pretty patchy, and I'm 46 years old, man. <laughs> I just quit shaving. I just I can't keep up with those youngsters. I have full beards, Ted. Yeah, I would say you know, in like the, the coachable piece, yeah. but then also the just the discipline piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the yeah. the discipline piece to me is really important, and that's not oh you're in trouble. That's a day in day out just. Mm-hmm. Putting in the work, and that everybody wants to, you know, ah, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this off. I'm going to take. Well, you got to be able to fight through the good and the bad, uh-huh. and it's not always easy. Mm-hmm. And 
here's the deal. When it's that workout that, oh, I got to get up and go, I don't want to go. You don't want it to be easy. You want it to be hard. <laughs> but then when they're done yeah. with it, yeah. oh, man, I just did that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I completed that. Yeah. I, I did it. I didn't want to do it. It's not always easy. You're not always going to want to be there. You're yeah. not always going to want to do it. It's the same way in life. Yep. And if you can be disciplined to just, hey, I'm going to do it today. It's going to suck. But I'm going to fight through it and get it done. You're going to be better off. And there you go. You're building discipline. And if you can just continue to do that day in, day out with everything in your life, the better uh, you're going to be as a human being. And the more that at the end of the night you're going to be able to look yourself in the mirror Mm -hmm. and say, you know what? I did it today. Right. And I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's not easy. And you got to make that choice every single day. And like you said, that makes you feel better mentally. Absolutely. And that's, you know. You've accomplished something. Yes. Yep. It was told to me, and I'll repeat it. If it's easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you know. And I think that's, you know, I think that's another a great point there is just. Yeah. We have high standards and high expectations mm-hmm. of our kids because yeah. they're going to reach them. Mm-hmm. And if they don't reach them, they're going to get a heck of a lot closer than if they weren't working towards those high standards and high expectations. That's true. And we, as coaches and our assistants, we talk all the time that we see the best in all those kids. Mm -hmm. We see the the potential in Mm -hmm. all those kids, and our job is to get them there. Right. And their job is to make the choice to want to work towards that. Yeah. And when they don't want to, we got to find different ways to make them click and make them want to. Yep, that's true. That's said it's just it's going to carry on over into their life you know, your work you're going to be a father always, someday a husband going to have somebody you got to work that. with you don't like absolutely what's uh, what's the the youth numbers are they, are they slowly going up every year are they hanging steady what what, what have you seen the last couple of years i don't have the data i would say they've seemed to be somewhat steady and i think it depends you know each grade sometimes there's some differences mm-hmm. there um, I don't. I don't have the data on that in the past couple of years, but they seem to be. They seem to be steady, and I think sometimes it's just class dependent yeah. as well. Because yeah. uh, over the past couple of years with the concussions and and now with the Hamlin situations, I know some mothers they don't want to let their little boys out there. But yeah, it, you know, if you if you take all the those things, it's a small percentage. Absolutely, and we've even we've even taken precautions on yeah. stuff. We um, were fortunate to get the guardian caps, yeah. so our whole high school team has the guardian caps, which that limits the that limits like the blunt from mm-hmm. a head head force. Yeah, like limits it about thirty percent right. compared mm-hmm. to a to a real helmet. I think that number is correct, but we take those precautions, and when we teach tackling and when we're talking about it man we are all over Mm -hmm. keeping our head out of it right i would tell you that you know as much as people want to get on that and and talk about it because it is a real issue but Mm -hmm. i would also tell you that the awareness and the um medical side from the trainer's um protocol from a doctor's protocol Mm -hmm. that we're so much further ahead than we were when these when this was as yeah. much of an issue. I mean, they kept that that football player alive. Yep. And know. that's a, you know, how many times have you seen that on, you know, right. seen yeah. that situation? Yeah. It's it's happened. That's never happened where they've had yeah. the right. the ambulance out there. 
You know? Well, and, and it's a requirement now, isn't it, that all your coaching staff has to be CPR and, yeah, sudden and cardiac first aid training. Uh, we have heat, uh, heat stroke and illness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have all those um, courses by the National Federation right. of High Schools mm-hmm. that we take. Um, I, they say every two years, but it ends up being every year that yeah. we take yeah. them. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we have trainers out there that there's a protocol that goes through um, goes through them, and we handle it with doctors and when it comes to that, I'm out of it. I'm yep. not. That's not my. That's not my forte. I right. don't. I don't handle that. I want our kids to be safe. Uh huh. Um, I'm going to trust our trainers and trust the doctors. Yeah. Right. That's. Uh, that's ultimately the most important thing is keeping these kids safe and and I do think the game has um, eliminated a lot of the issues that mm-hmm. have that have been an issue in the past. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it, or at least mitigated them mm-hmm. to. Um, making the game safer than ever. I mean, you watch, you can watch rugby. Uh, oh, man. You know, those guys, they're not wearing nothing out <laughs> yeah, there. I, I, I tried. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. it, Ted, you played back when uh, they had leather caps. Didn't yeah, you? pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and even even myself, I mean, there's plenty of times where I led straight with my head. And that's, yeah. It, much. You know, it wasn't right then, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you learn from those situations and, um, we used to play just in get, a buddy's backyard when it was raining and, yep. and lay each other out. It, it's a different day and age, um, you know. But I, I know we're pretty. We try to be really smart with, yeah. again, even who's hitting who and yeah. right. going, going up against each other in those situations too to make it fair from a size, height, you know, right. weight yeah. situation there as much as we possibly can. Well, that's like you know, you mentioned, and the, even I mean, I know. You want to get into the, the, the concussions. Football's not even the worst sport. No, it's not. No, soccer. No, it's actually, so- it's soccer. actually soccer. Yep. I think it's women's soccer um, specifically up there. Well, and so. it, that's like that that injury that, that DeMar Hamlin suffered last week. They said that is most common in baseball. Yeah, from that's the blunt a base, force yeah. right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned the National Federation of High School Sports a minute ago as the – New points of emphasis came out for this coming season. Not yet. We have uh, so last last year was the first in person rules meeting. In the past, they've been just online, mm-hmm. uh, but usually that comes out. Um, Do you have any that you'd I like don't to have, see modified? Um, yeah, I have <laughs> a list. Yeah, a wish list. I got at least one. Yeah. Um, well, and it's you know nothing too crazy, but yeah. um, I think overall they do a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're they're number one, keeping our kids safe, right? Um, and number two, they're they're doing what's best for the game in, mm-hmm. in high school. So, and they're always trying to be better. You know, mm-hmm. there's always, right. hey, if you want a rule change, then you submit, submit it, it, and yep. people can uh, can go from there. Mm-hmm. So, that's big. I mean, that's the game's always evolving. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And right. I think that's that's something that you've seen in the NFL and college. Yep. And From high the time school. I was little, it's, it's always evolving, and there's always ways to do it better. And mm-hmm. now we've yeah. got more science out there to prove it, and right. back it, and more data out there. And so that's, uh, you know, that that just constantly helps the game get better. Yeah. And safer. Yeah. People joke that. Uh, Quarterbacks wrapped in bubble wrap and <laughs> not at our level, no but, but, but I mean, if you're throwing the ball and you can't see this 300 pound guy coming behind you, I I want to be have some kind of protection there. Well, and you know, you even look at 
you even look at the the strength and conditioning world and just the yeah. the speed, the size, mm-hmm. the physicality, the explosiveness that these athletes, especially these professional athletes, oh, have man. today. And my goodness, it is it's in, it's just incredible. It is. It's yeah, they they were pretty huge yesterday. And you you could go, I mean, you could look at an NFL offensive lineman, and that. That's not an offense line. That's not some fat guy out there. No. That's, that's that is a, one of yeah. the most athletic yeah. engines yeah. in the world. Oh, yeah. Strength, and that, and that's what gives me the speed that some of them guys have. It's crazy. And I, like. I'm almost betting that a large portion of those guys wrestle. Oh, there's – yeah, there's – I'm mm-hmm. sure. Just I'm to sure. see their hands, like, just – Yeah, and you can look at – I mean, they had a stat recently, I think, about just NFL players and – the majority of them were two or three sport athletes, mm-hmm. yep. you know, and, that's, and just that's overall, not just right. you know linemen or anything. Yeah, like Booger McFarland, he he's, he's got three or four fingers that are all yeah. <laughs> it looks like an L. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. but but you being an offensive minded coach, you got to love these quarterbacks now, right? That, yeah, man, they can throw it, they can run it. That's, yeah. So it, I was actually, and you know, that's another kind of cool point. I was actually, I played safety in college. Um, so I was actually a defensive guy, and then once I got into college, I, I got into offense and was right. coached on the offensive side of the ball the whole time. So I always had that defensive background um, and then got into offense and then just kind of kept rolling with well, that. Had, yeah. And but now kind of had to help, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. That's, you know, I think that's the, the best thing a coach can do. If you're an offensive guy, well, go coach learn, defense, yeah. uh-huh. learn defense. Or if yep. you're a defensive guy, you need to go learn offense that makes it makes sense you need to know what yep. how you're taught to attack how you're taught to uh-huh. to scheme up on on each side of the ball and that's been something that's that's helped me on really on both sides of the mm-hmm. ball so and yeah. as being the head coach i've got to make sure that i'm i'm involved in um in both i think really right. my, my first year i was kind of hands off on the defensive mm-hmm. side just with the timing and everything that we had i was really hands off and coach did a really good job but i just I felt the need that I mean I really got to be more mm-hmm. more involved on that side of the ball and be involved on on both and be able to delegate more on mm-hmm. you know to to certain coaches on on each side of the ball so I can be a part of all three phases. It's pretty smart, yeah. Makes well, sense. But, but I want to know. Okay, you're down there on the sideline during the game. Do you have your offensive and defensive coordinators upstairs, or are they on the field with you? Um, so I have um, Coach Stearns as our defensive coordinator, and he is in the box. And he was on the field um, for a while, um, but decided to go back up to the box. And then um, Coach Greentree um, with me, he's down on the field okay. with me. So, um, and he sees it better down there. Mm-hmm. He feels better about communicating you know, right. between series, which mm-hmm. is, kind of, is kind of funny because – it's hard to communicate with guys between series because most of our guys are out there on defense. Right, yeah, you're going you know, both playing ways. both ways. Uh-huh. And so we, uh, we're kind of limited with, with some of that, but mm-hmm. he's able to um, communicate with what he needs to. Right. So I always like being on the field, too. I just <coughs> know. From calling it standpoint, mm-hmm. if I was calling every single – if I wasn't the head coach, I'd be in the box. Really? I can see it. And – and maybe not, maybe not our box, but when you're up at uh, some of these other places, right. and you've got a really good view, and you can um, you can really see down a little bit mm-hmm. more, it's just so much easier to see. And the other thing that it does is when you're calling plays, it takes the emotion out of it. Oh, yeah, because you're not right down in <laughs> uh-huh. it with everybody else. So yep. kind of takes some of that emotion in it, 
and lets you be a little bit more level headed. At least it did for me. Right. So, um, and when I'm when I'm calling stuff, usually I know. All right, this is what we want here, and um, but a lot of times we communicate, you know, between series and Coach Greentree and Coach Stearns do a phenomenal job with it, and I'm just there to make sure they're I'm picking their brains and right. giving them you know perspective here and there. Or hey, I want this here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm throwing the veto card here. Yeah. <laughs> so. so do you you put a little wristband on your quarterback, and you guys have the ten plays you want to run to start the game? Um, we actually we don't have a wristband for him. We have a wristband for him, but that's more of um, you know some of like our huddle plays uh-huh. or special plays like super long word right. plays that we have where we want to eliminate you know signaling eighteen thousand yeah. things into him. Wouldn't even be able to get the playoff in time probably. Uh, but we do script our first ten. Okay. Um, now we would come off. We would come off of our script if it's uh, third down. We mm-hmm. would then go down to like our third down menu. Okay. Or if we get into the say we're already in the red zone and mm-hmm. you know after our fifth play, well now we're going to go to our red zone menu. Mm-hmm. Or we may say, hey, that's a good one. Stick with it. Okay. Um, and so I think a lot of it just depends on situation where you're at, um, part of the field, down and distance. Uh, which we break all that stuff down to ad nauseum um, <laughs> and figure out what we want to do for that week. And, yeah. um, you know, and a lot of times it's you, you put the time in to go through all of those little things, and then in game it's, no, this is work and go with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so all the, sometimes all that time that you spend turns into, well, this is the way, <laughs> this is the way we're playing right now, so let's just, keep, right. let's just keep rolling with that or here's our change up and um, – a lot of those decisions come on the fly that you've prepared for, but things change in the moment. And right. You have to be able to Correct. understand the momentum, understand the mm-hmm. situation, um, and then make those gut decisions within five seconds, oh, ten yeah. seconds. And yeah. and, you know, I think that's the that's the fun part of, oh, you should have called this, you should have <laughs> called that. And, and I know because, shoot, I'm watching the game and I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, but a lot of those decisions that you've – planned for prepared for all week long and then in the situation it's hey little let's let's right. go with this it's simple our kids are doing it well let's trust it mm-hmm. let's ride it so what so what's your off season look like right now how, how many how many days a week do they get a lift right now um so our kids that have we have classes obviously throughout um throughout the day so there's weights and there's advanced mm-hmm. physical conditioning which are um they're similar classes, just a little bit different with mm-hmm. uh, kids' experience. But they have um, Coach Greentree at least four times a week. Um, and then I'm in there teaching with him in one of those classes. Um, so at least four times a week. And then after school as well as four times mm-hmm. a week. So we go Monday through Thursday uh, for those kids that don't have a weights class or the kids that will bring them back for speed work or mm-hmm. agility work, those okay. kind of things. So pretty much four days a week is our plan right now. Um, and then they can come in and at the end of the week too and get a bro day we call it, which is more of all the the, yeah. uh, the arms and triceps, yep. buys and tries and shoulders and all those type of things. But they're in there lifting and uh, it's a huge blessing to have that during mm-hmm. the day as well because especially with so many kids in season, right? Um, you know that are playing basketball right now or wrestling, they're still able to get their lift and still mm-hmm. able to develop their bodies. Now you got some of them guys that go in there and just. They're trying to outdo each other. 
Well, we have, again, <laughs> I, I talked to you about sticking to the process yeah. and trusting the plan. Coach Greenstreet would not uh, would not allow, does not allow that. If you're, you're going to come in and try and do your own thing, you're in the wrong spot. <laughs> I like that's, it. Uh, that's a Planet Fitness area. Yeah, right? that's, that's not the, the high school weight room. We, you come in, you stick to the plan, you trust it, um, and good things can happen for right. you. Right, and that's, I just thought. Maybe. And there's always kids that want to, you know, there's always kids that want to, um, you know, do a little bit more, do something else, and mm-hmm. they'll talk to they'll talk to coach and hey, can I do this or that? And we'll give them the go ahead or the uh, no. Uh, and then on those max, you know, we have those days of you know maxing out. Right. Those are the days where it turns into that. So, so those are a day. Yeah. That's when it's that's when we can measure it all. Right. Because I know so many boys like to show how strong they are. And <laughs> Absolutely. Talk about. I would too. I'd brag about it too if I was strong. But. We appreciate you taking the time. Today. Absolutely, we do. I appreciate what you guys talk, do and fun uh, conversation. Um, there's a lot of uh, again awesome people in this community. Yeah. I appreciate you guys being able to highlight yeah. that and get that out there. Yeah, we like to spotlight the programs here in the county, and and sometimes when we get you know the opportunity to extend outside the county. That's all right. Yeah. Go Indians. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's what we tell everybody. Says, as long as we're playing, that's yeah. what we're rooting for. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, if we're not in it, we'll root for a county team. We bleed red and white. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. Let me let me ask you some real quick questions. Oh, Just, yeah. You're, having a, you're at a cookout. You want a burger, a brat, or a hot dog? Burger okay. with bacon. With bacon. I like that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than football, what would be your favorite sport to watch on television? College basketball. Okay, yeah, I kind of like that. Let's go your favorite college team. Oh, uh, what sport are we talking? Let's go football. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. We're born there, right so now. Well, hey, I, we'll get there. We'll see. I come here back and in the then day. We'll go, and here we go. Well, I'll go basketball, Indiana Hoosiers. There, okay. So, again, I was born in Nebraska. Yep. Nebraska <laughs> football. It's like God, Nebraska, or family in Nebraska <laughs> football. Um, and then moved to Indiana, obviously huge Huge hoop state, right. so yeah. got into the basketball there. So that's where that all comes from. Well, that's kind of me. College football, I've always liked Ohio State because yeah. Eddie George. And you know, I was I'm old enough. I'm here. Archie Griffin won the Heisman Trophy two years in a row. Oh yeah, and that's you know, basketball. I go back to IU, so yeah. it's different. Right, now this might be hard for you. Who's the best high school athlete you ever seen? Does anybody stick stick out? Mm, yeah, there's a couple. How about played against? Okay, I'll give you yeah, that'll work. That'll I'll work. give you that. Yeah. Um, each one more at uh, East Chicago. Yep. And then um, I'll throw Robbie Hummel and Scott Martin in there. Those wow. were basketball guys. Right, yep. Those were basketball-specific type of guys. Um, another one there, football-wise, would be James Aldridge. He was one of the highest-ranked recruits out of Maryville High School as a running back. Really? Um, Dexter Laramore played at Ohio State. Uh-huh. yep. Play against him, um, and then I'll throw a shameless plug in there. My buddy from Laporte High School, uh, Aaron Sharp. <laughs> He's now the girls' basketball coach, but uh, he was uh, he was a stud basketball and football player. Really? Yeah. Well, that's so. Those are probably some different names and everything. I'd, what? That's... I went back to I went back to my time. Right. Well, I like to do that too. What's your favorite book you've ever read? Oof. Oof. There's a lot of them. What's the last I would, one? I would say probably my favorite one would have to be uh, the Champions Manual by Jim Trussell okay. from okay. Ohio State, yep. and mm-hmm. a close second there being the Energy Bus by John Gordon. 
the energy bus. Oh, okay. all of, all of John Gordon stuff. Okay, I, I eat it up. What's your favorite sports movie, football wise? Oh, remember the Titans, <laughs> without a doubt. Strong okay. side. I could probably quote that with, with everything in me. I'd quote the whole movie. Oh man. <laughs> Who inspired you to become a coach? I'd say it started with my dad. Number one, started with my dad, which starts, I think, a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, with um, with your dad. And then I would probably say a lot of my high school football coaches kind of realized that that was something I was going to do. And then my college college head coach, um, Mike Leonard. Okay. So I, it was kind of that. Honestly, it was a progression. Right. You know, well, with, with where I started and uh-huh. who, I got to, who I got to play under every time. It was just, you know, those, those guys that they believed in me and mm-hmm. they saw that I had that. Um, that skill or talent, right? You know, maybe to whatever level they saw it, mm-hmm. they, they believed I could do it and believed in me. Yeah, well, that's good. That's because uh, you mentioned Franklin College earlier. I meant to tell you earlier that you know my younger brother actually lived in Franklin for years, like two blocks away from the campus. Oh, I loved it. It, it was, was great. Experience. It was a nice campus there too because yeah. we'd go down there and visit them, and it's it's pretty neat. But we're, especially on game day Saturday, yeah, always a great time. That's but. For real, we're we're very glad we have you Thank here. Thank you so much. We we appreciate you guys and, yeah. and all you've done for the community, and even yeah. just this podcast and getting more people out there and sharing more about um, Miss Cinewa and even Grant County and yeah. the the area. You know, it's I think fun from a from a school, community, sports, you name it. Yeah. Um, you guys have done a really good job, and it's been fun to follow. Thanks, we, we appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. We want to give a shout-out to Beast Prince out of Fairmount. They make you look good. And uh, Mama Pearson Soporium in Gas City. Yep. Big shout-out to Jennifer Schwanner at Nicholson Mm 2.0. Great lady. Buying and selling a house, man. That's the lady to call right there. Yes, it is. Yep. Thank you again, Kyle. Thanks, Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.